Welcome to episode 6 of the Service Design Podcast. I'm David Morgan from Night Moves and together with Stina von Hof and in collaboration with the Service Design Network, we have conversations about service design with practitioners from around the globe. This is the fourth episode in the series in which we talk to the winners of the Service Design Awards. Today we're speaking with Sophie Anderson, Strategic Designer at Transformators Design, and Caroline Ennevold from the Swedish Governmental Employment Agency. Their collaboration won the award for systemic and cultural change in the public sector. Getting used to working again after Christmas holidays. Uh, <laughs> you have a long holiday? Uh, not this year, actually. Uh, wasn't that many red days in our calendar, but uh, a few days. A few days. <laughs> and some influenza on top of that. So I've been away for a while. <laughs> yeah, me too. All right. So um, we're speaking to you uh, today because uh, you were one of the winners of the uh, Service Design Award. Uh, congratulations for that. Thank you very much. So, uh, but before we get into that, um, I'd like to ask you if you could uh, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Should I go first? Um, yeah, my sure. Name, yeah, I'm Sophie Anderson. Uh, I'm a senior service designer and a strategic designer at an agency called Transformator Design in Stockholm, Sweden. And uh, my name is Caroline Enevold. I am. Uh, Head of uh, the customer-driven uh, development at uh, the Public Employment Service in Sweden. Okay, nice. I think it's really great that we can do an interview with uh, both of you together. Yeah. yeah, and it wouldn't been useful otherwise because it's, it's really been a collaboration. So you would have only gotten half the story. Yes, yeah, great. <laughs> That's a good sign of a service design project when when you consider uh, yourselves part of the same team. Yeah, definitely. Um, could you uh, also uh, tell us a bit about about the project you have done together? Okay, I can start with that. Uh, the public employment service in Sweden. Uh, we have very low from our customers, and that's a really big problem for us. Uh, our customers, mm -hmm. and that is both companies seeking uh, new employees and uh, job seekers. They uh, they feel that we don't meet their expectations and uh, that we don't deliver a good service uh, that meets their needs. So mm -hmm. that's that's the base for our collaboration. And uh, what we did in 2013 was to. Um, start working with the transformator design and uh, to do some customer journeys. That was the start of our work together. Mm -hmm. um, what, were, what were the major learnings at the start of that project from those customer journeys? It was to try to find out why our customers aren't happy with us and why they don't really uh, trust us and why we don't fulfill 
their needs and expectations. So to learn more about our customers' uh, experiences from us. And I think in a way it was also a way of kind of getting to know us as an agency and just getting to know the methodology of service design. Because um, first it was just like startup project, quite shallow, and then we went on doing customer journeys, and then we went on doing service maps and blueprints, and also talking to the employees, um, kind of understanding the strategic thresholds and internal thresholds that held you back from meeting the customer needs as well. Yeah. So those initial projects, they were really important to just uh, sequentially building up the collaboration. Um, so that was before we did the project that we actually won the award for. Yeah. 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 So it actually really naturally evolved into a, into this project uh, that you actually won the awards for. Yeah, yeah, I would say because, I mean, just doing normal, so to say, service design projects, we helped, as Caroline mentioned, we helped mapping out, okay, what are the pain points? What are the gain points? What would be the possible solutions to meeting the needs and, and um, demolizing the pain points here. Mm -hmm. So then we had all these solutions that were designed by service designers. They were designed by co-developing with both employees and customers. But at the end of the day, they hadn't been adjusted to reality. So instead of just headquarters at Arbetsförmedlingen and saying like, here, go implement this, just do this to the entire organization. It was more like saying, look, here we got these suggestions, now help us refining them and doing the final iterations together um, and make them work for you and make them work for your everyday life mm -hmm. out in the offices. Yeah, great. This was, a, this was a totally new thinking to us. Mm -hmm. Was this the, the first service design project you did, Caroline? Yes, definitely. I hadn't even heard of it before. Yes, nice. Before we dive into uh, the project, could you both also introduce uh, our listeners to what the project you won the award for is actually about? What are those greenhouses that we uh, are hearing a lot in the, in the project description? Yeah, for starters, the greenhouse concept didn't exist before we started, so building up this concept was part of we, we both developed the greenhouse concept at the same time. Uh, we, we also developed two solutions for our customers. So we did that at the same time mm -hmm. and using the same method, the service design method. So there was another, uh, another concept next to the greenhouse concept no. that you developed? No. no. Okay. More like... There was not a fixed recipe, so we, we serviced to design the structure of the greenhouses while doing it. <laughs> so on a meta level, we iterated the setup and the structure as well as iterating the actual solutions uh, with the employees. So that happened like in parallel, it wasn't like a plug and, plug and play uh, setup. Mm -hmm. It was really, yeah. we searched and we adjusted as we went along. Yeah. Can you explain uh, what a greenhouse is? <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> a greenhouse is uh, an environment for customer-driven development where uh, the co-workers who are actually the ones meeting the customers are doing the interviews with customers and we work together from the headquarters with these uh, co-workers and uh, together we 
um, find solutions that we try and develop further. So it's it's mm -hmm. really co-creation with both uh, co-workers and customers. Yeah, so Great. it's a way of, in the final iterations for solutions, uh, expanding the service design department to include the actual people, as Caroline said, that are the frontline staff. So they got, get to do the final consequence analysis. They get to do the final iterations and the final adjustments of each solutions to make it work. Also for the inside, mm -hmm. to make sure that it's a good solution, both for the customer and for the employee. Yeah. And in what way are, are you then still involved as a design agency, Sophie? Well, quite little nowadays. Um, I mean, as, mm -hmm. as Carolyn mentioned, it was her first service design project that we did together, but now she's head of a service design department or a business uh, development department that are customer driven within Arbetsfamiljen. So it has really been a capacity building project as well, where we kind of, yeah, we're um, speaking partner in how could this work and how should this work and what are our experiences from other organizations. So now, I mean, it has been capacity building and now they are quite competent and quite brave and quite experienced and quite brilliant in handling this a lot of their own. Um, so it's more like I come in just here and there and <laughs> now and then and just give some coaching maybe on methodology or taking it to the next level because they've grown into being an internal consultant agency more or less within this public agency. So then they start meeting challenges that are similar to ours as a consultant agency. So then mm -hmm. my coaching has gone once again more to a meta level in saying, okay, how can we work more with implementation? How can we work more with stakeholder management? How can we become more of coaches or facilitators for the department within the agency that are hiring us rather than just delivering beautiful visions that then are never implemented and doesn't re reach the end user in the end. Yeah, that's really fantastic and a, and a very sustainable approach. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> learn a man to uh, fish uh, story. Exactly. Uh, can, you, can, you, can you tell us a bit about the way uh, you, you trained or, or coached these people into yeah, becoming service designers themselves? Well, I mean, it happens continuously. So in the beginning, what we did is that we went on a tour for these seven uh, offices that were greenhouses in the first batch, in the first batch where we also kind of iterated and make the basic design for what a greenhouse should and could be. Um, and then Carolyn and her colleague, they went with us on this tour. <laughs> and they heard us and they saw us and they took part of what we did over and over again. They could ask questions, they could, I mean, they could really get a gut feeling for what we did and how. So in the beginning, we kind of fronted this project and kind of held, held the tutorings and the, when we allowed for, for staff to immerse with a service design methodology and mindset. And then step by step, we kind of took a step back and they become the one who were the front faces or the, the people who were in charge. And we were just, yeah, coaching them backstage more and more. Mm -hmm. And yet I'd like to add that uh, we don't claim to be service designers. We, we can mm -hmm. do some things mm -hmm. that a service designer can do, but we've also recently uh, a new service designer of our own, which feels really good because uh, we need to build more competence around the service design methods. 
Mm -hmm. so, yeah. What kind of uh, yeah, profiles do you add to uh, the organization to set up the service design department? Or I don't remember how you <laughs> called it. <laughs> well, we're a, we're a small uh, department. We're only about 12 people today. And uh, most of us come from within Arbetsmedlingen. So uh, mm -hmm. most of us have a deep understanding of, of the, the job we do. But uh, mm -hmm. we also need people from the outside to uh, widen our horizon. And mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to the service designer, we, need, we needed someone to visualize and draw things. We use pictures a lot, and that is not something that uh, ordinary people in Arbeitsmedien do. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's a competence that we really needed. Yeah. Have you found that uh, the approach in this project is is uh, also getting noticed by other government agencies? Oh, yes. uh, are they starting yes. to do service design projects? Yes, very, very much so, I would say. Many other uh, authorities and, and such uh, visits us and wants to know more about how we work. And we hope that we can inspire more and more people to do the same. Mm -hmm. And I could just mention that the inspiration for um, the greenhouses was also a way of working that we had been part of at um, Systembolaget, which is a governmental monopoly for selling alcohol in Sweden. And they had a kind of a pilot upscaling methodology that they called Aquarius. <laughs> um, but at Arbetsförmedling, and they, they really wanted their own lingo, their own take on it, and that's why it was called greenhouses there. But it has some kind of the same connotations, like, okay, it should be transparent, things and ideas, and people should be able to grow in there, and so on and so on. But I mean, um, Sweden has come quite far when it comes to service design and adopting the, the customer-driven mindset within the governmental agencies. Mm-hmm. Yes. I read in the, the project description that it was really important for you uh, to both find the common language to uh, understand each other. But I'm actually really interested how you managed to create this common language. Could you give us some, some insights in, in how you did that? <laughs> well, by hanging out a lot. <laughs> No, but I mean, yeah. as I said, like I think this tour that we did that was actually quite crucial. It was like a hardcore team building mm -hmm. activity. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we were exhausted, but we talked a lot. We analyzed a lot. Um, we just, I mean, there was a lot of friction and friction is good because that makes you come further. And, and just by talking and discussing, and I know, Carolyn, you mentioned sometime that oh, this thing, now I get it. And it was like maybe the fourth time you'd heard the presentation or something. So um, the matter of uh, repetition was a crucial mm -hmm. part as well. So I think we as service designers, we were quite blessed or excused because we could just go on with our silly design lingo. And you were like, I mean, you wanted to understand everything. And now you decide, okay, which of the terms are we going to use or not? But in the beginning, it felt like, it was quite useful that it was new words because they added new dimension to how the organization had been working before. Yes, and I think mm -hmm. that uh, as time went by, we were more, uh, not so much customer, client, uh, sorry, uh, consultant and customer. Uh, we've been more colleagues, uh, which mm -hmm. also makes it easier, I think, to find uh, com a common language. 
and yes, to question to be each other's terms. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's a really good remark that you're you start to uh, if you really become colleagues you communicate in a really different way yeah and you really try to understand each other even better than in the client uh, consultancy relationship yes yeah definitely but within yeah, the, i mean the the brilliance of the greenhouse metaphor there lie so many other associations you could make as i mentioned ideas should grow you should plant something it should be a safe environment you should be protected there should be a gardener sometimes you have to add water sometimes you have to add nutrition and so on and so on and sometimes you have to cut sometimes you have to cut <laughs> so so just within that mental metaphor we could build a new lingo that is not our classical consultancy agency lingo and it's not the classical governmental agency lingo so that was really um <laughs> yeah that was really liberating yeah <laughs> and i think also that uh, within arbetsmedlingen we have been allowed in this project to be uh, apart from the mainstream so we've, we've been allowed to to grow and cultivate our solutions more than mm-hmm. than is usual within a governmental organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine that's not really easy because you're already inside a certain structure of that organization. Yes. And then so it's great that you got the uh, freedom to be a little bit different yeah. and to develop these kind of concepts. Yeah. But I must add you were both allowed but you were also brave enough because there weren't always a decision saying this is okay do this and that but you just did it <laughs> yeah i think we're a little bit crazy but sometimes that's the recipe yeah that's necessary yeah. So. Yeah. yeah what were some some of the big changes that needed to be made within the organization or for you to be able to work in the way you're working now uh, i would say that how we see our customers is the basic thing that we needed to change and that still needs to change but we we've come well we've come some well we're on our way at least mm-hmm. think that most of our employees within Arbetsmedlingen we care about and and want our customers to be satisfied with what they get from us but uh, we still have quite an internal way of looking at things so to uh, actually understand the customer's uh, experience that i think is the most important thing and we've also since we started we have um, internal capacity building or training yes uh, that we uh, give to uh, all employees who, who want it so with about half of our fourteen thousand strong organization has gone through this Uh, education or whatever but if i could also add just two aspects i think two important things that were changed was that you dared to kind of flip the hierarchy in a way so instead of headquarters always coming with the solutions suddenly it was okay for headquarters to saying look we don't know and we're actually going to put you um in in charge of the uh, of the business development and the service development you who are the frontline staff you who actually are the best experts on what we do um, and also kind of breaking a history of um well 
that it was okay to say we don't know and we don't have the answer because you kind of also had a history where everything had to be finished and it has to, had to be perfect and it had to be you always defended your your ideas that was kind of the heritage you had the culture you yes. had before so just breaking that into letting people making people dare say this is just an idea we're going to try it out and we don't know and the customer didn't like it or we made a mistake but we learned from it so there were also like important cultural changes that were made yes. that are crucial for for uh, this to happen mm. i think definitely yeah i think uh, we recognize that very strongly in in projects mm. we've done as well with the flemish government uh you know, one of one of the big things that we see is the one-way mm. communication or flowing mm -hmm. down from the top while yeah the people who are in direct contact with customers in the end they yeah, often don't feel mm. like they are heard or they aren't really heard so how, how do you go about turning that around that's that's a huge <laughs> a huge pyramid to turn upside down uh, i think that our general general director has been very important to us in this because it's about allowing the co-workers the first line staff to come with ideas and and have the opportunity to um, influence the development and at the same mm -hmm. time i think if you look back to where we started this uh, most of our employees uh, felt that nobody listened to them it didn't matter if they said something was wrong or didn't work so it's a very big cultural change that has to come both top down and from from the bottom and up at the same time mm -hmm. and i think that we have been able to in this little group that i work with we have been able to be a, a bridge between the headquarters and the front line which has been very good for mm -hmm. at least for the uh, internal um, uh, trust trust yes trust. yeah because i mean it's not like you just uh, turn on all channels saying okay now everyone can come with ideas and everyone are service designers no. it's really a structured methodology it's not like all offices are greenhouses at the same time it's very structured batches that are trained and then you help them and you moderate them through the process you help do analysis and find okay what are the bottom line things that are common here um, because one of the things is you always make sure to have offices that are that have different ge geographical uh, preconditions and different internal preconditions. Yes. So you have a representative um, urval, uh, selection. selection of offices, but it's not all offices. It's offices enough so that you can handle the information being processed, mm. and you uh, refine it and you um, uh, aggregate it and then you package it. So I mean, they help, but it's not everyone at the same time because that's thousands of employees. Yes. <laughs> so it's not like one big black hole where everyone can just communicate what they think all of a sudden. But it's more of a structural way that step by step, all of the offices within the um, agency will have been a greenhouse at some point. Mm -hmm. But it's only a, a very small amount mm -hmm. at each time, each batch with each new problem within the customer journey. Mm -hmm. So it's still service design projects that helps prioritize or, or limit, okay, what are we working with now? This is something that we know is a problem with the, with the customers. Then we kind of hand out that problem. Mm -hmm. And then these certain amount of offices are allowed to iterate and ideate on that specific problem. And then we aggregate, and then we go into the next loop, and so on and so on. So 
without this department that Caroline is now head of, it, I guess it would have been mayhem, yeah. <laughs> or it could have been at least. <laughs> but they tie it all together and they, make, they are like the quality assurance within the process. Does it make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, does it then mean that uh, co-workers in the greenhouses, they, they provide insights or they detect problems or do they also already come with, with no, solutions? We, how, uh, how we try not to, uh, to go to the solutions from the beginning. We start with the customers. So uh, in the greenhouses, we always mm -hmm. start with uh, customer interviews so that we don't come up with uh, our own ideas. Like jump to conclusions, step. or yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So the solutions must yeah. have uh, a base in uh, the customer insights. Yeah. Uh, I think there's probably thousands of government agencies around the world who who want to become more customer centric. You've taken big steps in, in turning that around. Uh, what were the biggest hurdles that you've run into that you would like to yeah, pre-warn other government agencies Well, for? I think that you have to be, as Sophie said before, you have to be brave and you have to dare. Uh, you must accept that sometimes you fail and a failure isn't really a failure. It's just a way to to go to the next step and that it, that was very difficult for us because uh, in our culture in Arbetsmedien you weren't really allowed to make any mistakes. So in the beginning, in the first greenhouses, mm -hmm. uh, the co-workers, uh, the first-line co-workers didn't really say much to us from the headquarters. <laughs> they were quite afraid of talking openly and that was really a problem in the beginning. So it's very important to build trust uh, that, that, I think, was one of the, the major objectives that, that we had to deal with. Uh, also, uh, you have yeah. to get uh, the management in the whole organization to embrace the ideas, because without the management and the, well, the managers, then if they are not on board, uh, the co-workers won't get the right, uh, for example, preconditions? Yes, the right preconditions to, to work like this. So uh, everyone. And, uh, both concerning preconditions, but it's also a matter of kind of uh, practicing what you preach. Yes. So if headquarters or management does no changes on their own, mm -hmm. then it can still feel like, oh yeah, we have the same preconditions, but you just leave us in charge of solving the entire situation. Yeah. So it must. it's important to also show both the cultural change in, in headquarters saying, as we mentioned before, we don't have the answer or even oh, we made a mistake and so on, but also in showing some of some effort, for instance, actually looking through the governance and the measurements. Are these constructive measurements? Are they actually helping you to deliver a brilliant customer experience or are they holding you back? Are we measuring the correct things here? Are we rewarding a behavior that is actually leading to a better customer experience in the end or not? And then if, if management can say, look, we've, we found this thing that we've done wrong and we changed it, and now please help us on your part as well. <laughs> um, so it's been very important to show that I, we, working at the headquarters, that we can show that, okay, we can make mistakes as well, and look, now we did this wrong, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> so you have to show them that both that you, uh, well, that you live as 
the same thing as you learn uh, that, that, that you teach. Practice what you Practice preach. What you preach. Yeah. That's the word. That's <laughs> and very and to admit once again that there might be structural obstacles that management are then willing to adjust. So yes. not just saying, look, this is all about your behavior. Just be nicer and then the customer mm. will be happy. No, it has to be work on, on both sides yes. within the organization. Yeah. I, I can imagine um, some managers uh, feel feel threatened by the idea of, of becoming uh, you know, more customer-centric and less hierarchical. Is that something you've had to deal with? Uh, can you tell something about yes, how you deal uh, with that? that was certainly the case. For us, I think, we had our top management on board. Otherwise, we couldn't have done this, I think. But then the greenhouses spread like wildfire, so we had a bottom-up interest and it's it's very hard to, to stop something for a manager middle for middle management if it's so well uh, franked, uh, anchored well yes, anchored. if it's so well anchored mm-hmm. uh, which it became all by itself I'd, I'd say uh, we had on our, on our internal website we had a blog so that co-workers everywhere in the organization could follow the the development in the greenhouses so we've tried to be as transparent as we could and it was also frontline staff writing in this blog so that was not like polished version of it it was quite transparent so uh, many many people in the organization has been very interested and i think the bigger it gets the harder it is to to stop for someone who, who doesn't mm-hmm. but but I could just share one one experience it was a local like middle manager when we were out on the tour um, and we were talking about the customer insights and I mean we were focusing on what worked badly so it was quite harsh to listen to all of these things if you were a middle manager who had who had devoted your work to work at Arbeitsvermeiligen and so on and there was actually a woman who started crying yeah. when we presented these insights she was so um, krenkt, um I mean, she was devastated. Yes. Uh, she felt, yeah. yeah. I think she felt ashamed. She felt ashamed. She didn't agree at all. She couldn't understand how this could be from her. She felt that we were just lying and we were just giving her shit, more or less, to be frank. Mm-hmm. Um, but one important thing, mm-hmm. whenever we uh, presented these insights, we also always presented the insights of the employee. Yes. So, okay, what have we learned when we have listened to you guys as well? What, how do you feel about your preconditions? What's your everyday work like? What's your situation? And then we also connected it to um, a hands-on experience. So it was not only getting the insights, but it was also making an actual exercise in, in going out and doing a customer journey mapping and so on. So they would also get the hands-on experience of understanding what, what this methodology actually gives and how it could help you, mm-hmm. prevent you from becoming like home blind, more or less. But at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. not everyone will be willing to join. Some people are so, um, they are so determined in what they already know and what is the truth and they know everything about the customer. So everyone will not be part of the change journey. But also you have to realize Mm -hmm. that uh, when we presented the insights in the beginning, as Sophie said, we, it was very important to point out that this is not about uh, stupid co-workers. It's about structural problems mostly. That's why. Mm-hmm. That's why we do what we do. It's not that everyone does a bad job. So uh, that has also been very important yeah. to to point out because otherwise you 
you feel like you're doing everything wrong mm. when you meet the customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you say that sometimes it is really hard to explain what customers think because it can be quite mm. confronting and people can take it quite personally or at least that's also something mm-hmm. I experience and we are also really really careful about that like not to uh, make people maybe angry because or that they don't believe the insights it's something yeah I also sometimes struggle with like how to bring across the right mm-hmm. story but also to get like yeah trusting what the, what the customer was saying and Sometimes we do it with yeah, also showing the, the, the positive insights yeah, we yeah. gathered and use it as a fun movie of uh, street interviews we did where there are both like, really uh, good insights but also the quite critical ones mm. uh, next to them. But then still, uh, yeah, I really <laughs> yeah. recognize uh, what you're saying there that it can be tough in a design process. Because, to uh, Yeah, the tricky part is when you're talking to a group because the majority of the same group with the women who started crying, they went, finally, at least someone is saying it black and white, just as it is. This is what we've been trying to say for years. Yes. So in a way, mm-hmm. in retrospect, was it strategically correct or not to, to be that frank? Well, actually, maybe it was. Um, it was painful along the way, mm-hmm. and, and we should always try to see and take care of everyone along the journey. But maybe it had to be that frank mm-hmm. at that point of time to also get something to start happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the customer's voice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, and who doesn't want satisfied customers? Of course, we all, we all want that. Yeah, but that's something I also find uh, we always take for granted that a goal of an organization is to create better Mm -hmm. customer experiences. But often we realize that even this is something we have to fight for and convince them that this is really a goal of an organization. (laughs) And this is really something you have to uh, (laughs) go for and you have to measure and then see how you're doing and improve it. It's and even yeah. even who is mm. the customer like for us uh, yeah. <laughs> in a government agency we we automatically think yeah it's the, the civilians or the the companies uh, mm. they are the customers uh, but we have found that that's not that clear for the government no. agencies themselves sometimes they think exactly it's the yes <laughs> or how have you <laughs> experienced the yes, same thing yes absolutely but i would also say that um, uh, now <laughs> Uh, I could joke and say that everyone is a customer. We use the same method internally as well. Uh, so you could you could view the frontline staff working in a, in a, in the at the headquarters, for example, because we need to support the frontline staff. So in a way, they're our customers. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's about mm, more like a mindset, yeah, or, mindset or, yes. or an approach rather yeah. than the methodology. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we had a lot of discussions with different clients, like who is the customer and who is our goal? Like, who are we focusing on and who are the ones who are helping us with that? Is it then a customer or uh, that? That is a discussion we have, I think, almost yeah. in yeah. every year. <laughs> and that's also the thing about the common language, like talking about customers can be really, uh, you can 
often see that you're talking about different things while you're both talking about yeah. delivering better services to customers, but it can be really different uh, people that everyone is uh, thinking uh, thinking mm. about at that moment. But uh, I mean, Arby Spellingen is a bit unique because you have so much local presence. You have so much end user contact. Yes. So actually it's, it's full of staff who are really passionate about giving a great customer experience and actually helping the citizens and um, so that was in mm -hmm. a luxurious way not never really an issue at Arbeitsvermedlingen. Some people uh, from my point of view more at like the management level they thought maybe customer experience is not the goal or, or the trust of the public is not the goal it's more like efficiency is mm -hmm. the goal. But then at the end of the day, mm. what is efficiency? Because if you're not, if you don't have a trust amongst the public, what gives you the right to exist as a government agency? Yes. And, and are you really efficient if you're not delivering what the end user needs? So. Yeah. yeah, it's also we work with government a lot. And another goal, which is often there, is mm. uh, yes. digitalizing, which is, of course, has a lot of advantages. but. No. Is it a goal in it's itself, a or is it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, great. So, we the project originally started because the trust uh, was was low with the yeah. with the civilians. Um, are you able to to measure the difference you've made with yes, this project? Yes, actually, we can do that, uh, or maybe not just connected to this project, uh, Arbitsmelian is changing a lot of things but there is or there are several uh, like measurements or yes. different scores or yes and for, for example well we one of these surveys that are done yes, like each exactly. year and nationwide yes. yeah. and they they look at different governmental organizations and we've gone from uh, minus mm -hmm. 32 with which is well it's so far down so you can't you can't be that far down. But we've actually climbed 10 steps, so we're now on minus 22, which still is really, really bad. But for us, it's very important to see the progress and to keep going. Mm -hmm. So eventually, I'm yeah. sure we will first reach zero and then up on the plus side. Yeah, so, so the scale is from uh, minus 50 to plus 50 in this, in this um, survey. And uh, I think it's also important to say that you really broke a negative trend. Yes. The curve was really going down. So not only have you become better, but you also really broke that trend. And now you start heading up. Yeah. In 2013, we said we can't go any lower. We were then at minus 27. In 2014, we reached minus 32. But after that, we have uh, broken the trend. And what what is the curve actually? Is it the, is it about trust or yes, what are it's you measuring? About trust in uh, yes. Yeah. So they they make a, a list of okay. all the governmental agencies in Sweden, yes. like who has the most and the least trust, mm -hmm. and then a scale in between. So Arbetsförmedlingen was or and is at the bottom. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> rising, rising strongly. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> what uh, what are other successes this project has had? Uh, are, are employees, for example, more satisfied? Uh, yes, moment? I would say they are, and uh, the employees think that this method is very good, and they want to use it even in their local development. So that's very good. But we can also see examples of a better working environment, 
when you feel that you are allowed to take part in the development, you feel better and you're more proud to work in Arbetsmedlingen. And, and also it also has to do with the, the individual solutions, not yes, only the definitely. methodology. Like for instance, we made, in the first batch we did a solution that was about being able to book time then. For your first appointment. For your first appointment at Arbetsmedlingen. Um, and, and when you had to work in that kind of drop-in area, before we implemented this, there was quotes saying like, this is God's punishment to mankind having to work in the drop-in area. Yeah. That was the feeling amongst uh, the <laughs> staff. Like when, when the manager were gonna like hand out the tasks for the day or for the week, people would actually like go to the toilet or hide because they didn't want to work there. It was so stressful. The psychosocial environment of working there was like horrible. Um, but after this, when you actually, okay, now you can book an appointment so you can be prepared, you know that you have one hour, you know that that hour will be about not only typing in facts in the computer, doing like the administration, but it will be about that person and about that person's needs and being able to actually make a plan on how to help that person. People are actually enjoying working there. Yes, and we also had a, a co-worker who said that this is now a stress-free area which was a wonder to hear, yeah. actually. <laughs> so the methodology in itself mm -hmm. has made it, uh, the employees happier because, as mentioned before, it, it's, it breaks down hierarchy, it makes it okay to make mistakes and so on. But also the, the isolated solutions step-by-step step, are improving not only the customer experience but also the employee experience. That's yes. super crucial for each solution that we implement. Mm -hmm. So uh, now you won a service design award for this project. What, what do you think were the, the important factors in, in the uh, service design network deciding for your project? Well, I think and I hope <laughs> that it was, as you said, kind of the sustainable uh, aspect of the solution. It has genuinely been a capacity building project both competence within service design but also the structure and the setup of how that could work within the organization with this department now that that caroline is in charge of i hope but actually we didn't really get like motivation yeah <laughs> just like yeah you won and then they read our pitch like that we sent in so we don't really know we're quite curious yeah. <laughs> but maybe it's also about uh, well, we, we work both with uh, customer insights and co-development not one of those things but both and I think that's also mm -hmm. something that's very interesting. Many other agencies in Sweden, they have chosen to work with customer insights, but then they uh, tend to lose it in their development. Hmm. They initiate <laughs> projects based on customer yeah. insights, but they don't involve the customer throughout the, the development process. Yeah. Yeah, you really found a way to, uh, to use customer insights as a lifelong uh, learning in the organization to keep on improving uh, services. Okay, what does uh, winning this award mean to you? Well, I'm, I'm still in shock, I think. Uh, <laughs> you can imagine when you work in an agency with such low trust, winning this award is fantastic. It's a real boost to our confidence, I think, both individually and as an organization so that's for us it's it's incredible and uh, i think maybe we start mm -hmm. believing in ourselves a little bit more which is good because then we can do better things in the future yeah i think internally at arbetsmedling yeah. and there's been quite a buzz around this this prize so i think you've gained even more like 
mandate or, or status in a way and, and trust. Um, and for us as a, as a consultancy agency, it's just been great to have an acknowledgement for hard work that's been done and also for what we think is a really great face of our collaboration that we really think took it to the next level and created leverage um, and also just the title uh, which was like uh, structural and cultural change within the, the public sector that's like the most beautiful <laughs> title ever that's really what we want to achieve so mm -hmm. that helps us kind of putting a label on the things that we do and are capable of doing and and gives us confidence in keep on doing that trying to achieve that um, and maybe gives a bit of an indicator of where the what what service design is becoming and what it is and uh, what, what other benefits may winning this award have will the award be able to help you in any way as a as a government agency or as a as a service design agency? Uh, as a government agency, I think definitely. I think it gives us more mandate to uh, keep doing what we already do. It's Otherwise, it's easy after a few years that what's what was once a new and interesting thing, well, it just wilts and die, dies. So uh, I think for us, we've been put on the map and uh, we want to stay there. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like rebooting the energy in yes. a way. Um, and as a consultancy, it's it's um, you when you think you do something great, you kind of want to tell the world, but at the same time, it doesn't feel so humble. <laughs> so, and also, you, you're not sure because you can't keep an eye on what's happening in all the countries in the world in, within service design. So, just getting once again an acknowledgement like this helps us, I think, feel proud and get. Uh, more confidence within the areas that we, we work in and want to work in as well. Yeah, fantastic. It's really uh, good to hear. I think a very well-deserved winner and I think it's really positive that the uh, the award can actually help you guys uh, get further yeah, in you. what you're doing. Um, I'd like to thank you very much for your time. I think it's been really interesting hearing all about this project. Sorry for the English. Uh, <laughs> for the -English. No, no, no. <laughs> you're, uh, you're being too modest because uh, your English is okay. uh, really, really good. <laughs> um, if people want to find out more about uh, this project uh, or about your uh, consultancy yeah. and agencies, where, where can people look for Well, uh, Transformator have a homepage. I hope it's in English now. Uh, but it's transformatordesign.se and there should be a little English flag up in the corner if you want to read more about that there. Um, we also have a recorded breakfast seminar that I don't remember where we put it. <laughs> yeah? And uh, Arbetsmedlingen is also easy to find. Arbetsformedlingen.se do you, you have a public blog? For, do you have like the blog of the greenhouses? Is that public or is no, it just... No, it's not. Uh, but you can al always search for the public employment service in Sweden and you will probably be redirected to, to us. And and just uh, throw yes, us an email great. if yes, you want to continue the dialogue. It's I My email address is sophie, S-O-P-H-I-E, dot Anderson at transformatordesign.se. All right. We'll, uh, we'll include the links um, to your uh, oh, cool. agencies uh, <laughs> in the page of this podcast so people yep. will be able to, uh, to find them.
Yeah. Thank you for the yeah, interesting conversation. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Good Bye. The Service Design Podcast was brought to you by the Service Design Network and Night Moves. For more information, previous episodes, or to join the conversation, please visit servicedesignpodcast.com. For more information about the Service Design Network, visit service-design-network.org. And for Night Moves, visit nightmoves.be. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to this podcast. The intro and outro music is from If the Stars Grow Dim Tonight by Hydrogen C featuring I Will, I Swear. Until next time. <laughs>